Honey Badger Alliance presents Trial and Triumph. Stories of amazing strength, incredible determination, and overcoming adversity against all odds. Join your host, Grant Ellsworth, and a guest, each with a different story, giving us a blueprint for a proven path to victory. Together, we grow stronger as we listen to real examples of people taking charge of their lives on their terms. All right. Thank you for tuning in to Trial and Triumph. If this is your first time tuning in, thank you so much for listening. If you've been following us so far, thanks a lot so far for your support up to this point. Today, we've got John with the Tactical Canuck Battle Group. John, how are you doing today, brother? Hey, man. How's it going? Good, good. And I really appreciate you having me on the show today. Yeah, no, no. Thank you so much for taking your time to have this talk. So, John, tell us a little bit about yourself and then uh, tell us what kind of a story you got for, t- for us today. Well, to all the listeners, hey, how's it going, guys? Uh, I'm John from Tactical Canuck Battle Group. I grew up in uh, northern slash central Ontario on Georgian Bay, like any of uh, like any of us kids in central Ontario did. I was out in the bush a lot, out on the water a lot, uh, was playing army as a kid a lot, and uh, eventually joined the Canadian Armed Forces uh, when I was 20, right after I finished college, actually. Um, I was delayed a little bit because I broke my foot in two different bones on Halloween 2009, which deferred me for a few years from the military, but that's a side story. Um, I was a firefighter for 10 years. I've uh, been military for 10 years now, and I've been involved in a few nonprofit uh, or charity groups, uh, depending on, on the organization, to, to do some uh, veteran homelessness work. And uh, the the veteran stuff and the homelessness stuff has really become a passion for me now. So I've been really working on that and, uh, you know, just trying to get through COVID like everyone else. Yeah. It sounds like you're definitely a busy dude. And it, you know, those are, those are all great projects to have, um, especially, you know, during this pandemic and we're all having to isolate and be locked up. Um, speaking of that too, as well, you look like you're super busy with that, um, with that tactical Canuck battle group. Why don't you tell us just a little bit about what's going on with that there? Yeah, for sure. So I started in 2020, um, got the master business license through the province and have made it legit. So we are going in the right direction. Uh, My main focus is to support and promote CAF veteran owned businesses, plain and simple. So by doing that, uh, I have my directory on tcbg.ca. So everyone can check that out, head over to the directory and you can find right now, 300 CAF veteran-owned businesses to select from. Um, So you can keep your shopping local, you can keep your shopping Canadian, and you can shop veteran all at the same time. So uh, aside from that, my main focus is with TCBG, um, with promotion and support, is going to be through, like I said, the directory, through my own podcast, the TCBG podcast, and through uh, just some basic apparel that I'm going to be doing. So just stay tuned to that, guys. And my only main message to all your listeners is if you know of a CAF veteran-owned business that I haven't featured yet or that's not listed on the directory, reach out to me. Send me an email. Send me a DM on Instagram, and I will add them in because I want to grow the directory as large as I can to make it the most accurate CAF veteran-owned business directory in Canada. Yeah, and I really like how you have it set up too. You have everybody listed alphabetically. And then on top of that as well, you've got a very brief description beside them. So it's, you're pretty much like the Amazon of the, um, of the um, 
veteran owned business world there. Cause I mean, anybody can go and look at it and it's like, if you're looking for anything in particular that day, it's all very easy to see and you can just click on it and away you go kind of deal. So that's a, yeah, a very well done job for sure. Yeah, man. And uh, like you said, everyone's hyperlinked in there. So you click on what you're interested in and it'll bring you right to that business's social media or to their, uh, to their website. Um, so besides that, this, the website itself is in a pretty junior state. You guys will be seeing soon some, some advancements to the directory page itself, including a search bar that you'll be able to do detailed searches for tags and specific um, products. So if you're looking for dog treats or if you're looking for lifting chalk, or if you're looking for certain veteran apparel, you'll be able to search that right in the bar and it'll come up really easy. So the veteran uh, directory, it's on, a, it's on a good path. It's on a good positive path forward. So I'm excited about that for sure. Yeah, for sure. And just being into this for uh, a little while now, just watching everybody grow and, uh, and flourish. It's been, uh, it's been really interesting just working kind of side by side with everybody. And everybody's been uh, working like a big team overall. Everybody's been working together really good. And that's really good to see as well. Yeah, no, that's what I like to, um, part of my message is just like to spread positivity and I don't think we're going to get forward or be successful if we're just going to continue to eat each other alive or, or eat each other alive, uh, in, in general. Um, the more we have each other's backs, the more we promote each other and support each other, we're, we're all going to be successful in, in veteran business post service or for the guys that are still serving during service with their entrepreneurship. Yeah. And everybody's kind of take got their own take on it too. So it's not like anybody's stepping over one another, you know, it's like you kind of pick your flavor and you kind of, you go with it. And that's kind of, that's kind of that. That's what I got from it anyways. So that being said, what kind of a story do you have for us today, John? Well, I, uh, I was thinking about what you said there and, and how, um, you know, you, you have your guests talk about something that they've overcome a hardship uh, throughout life like that. And uh, I mean, there, there's obviously a lot that we can talk about with the military being from military backgrounds and, and with a lot of people that we know going through different uh, veteran transition stages. But uh, I think my personal ones would come from my volunteer fire service, uh, mostly well before I was ever enrolled into the military. Uh, the military, like I said, was always a thought. So I'd always been playing army as a kid in the bush and and putting on face paint and, and hiding under the uh, hiding under the trees and stuff, right? But uh, I, I was firefighting right at the young age of 16 in my rural community uh, here, uh, just north of Barrie, Ontario, a little a few hours north of Barrie, Ontario. And there there was a lot of times as a you know a, a teenager growing up as a teenager being on the fire department that I was exposed to some pretty gnarly stuff at a pretty young age, and uh, so my message, you know, to, to everyone, I think is that, well, a looking back, I, I would start advocating now that I don't think volunteer services should be allowed to let people who are still in their prepubescent years to be firefighting on uh, volunteer services because that there is a loophole and it's not a blanket. It's not like this at every volunteer service, but uh, for mine, certainly I was able to start at 16 um, in some still formative years. And uh, I, I, I don't want to say I'm paying the price because I don't, I don't regret anything that, uh, that I signed up for. I don't regret any of the calls that I went to or any of the people that we helped. But uh, there are burdens that I bear now from my time in service with the fire department. And like I said, I don't regret it, but uh, it's stuff that, that I'm still working through now. A lot of stuff that uh, only, only has just come up 
um, with the with the help of therapy, um, with the help of different therapies through my um, psychiatrists and social workers. Uh, one of my favorites so far is EMDR. Um, so before I just get into EMDR, I just want to basically get on the same page that with with everyone with with mental health. I mean, one of my messages with uh, Tactical Connect Battle Group is is that veterans and, and emergency service folk aren't broken. Um, there's a huge stigma. I just watched a TV show uh, yesterday. Um, I won't mention the TV show by name, but it is a local Toronto um, cop show. And uh, the episode painted a Canadian veteran soldier as basically a, a homemade terrorist when he got home. So there, it's still in the media now, but people are still painting veterans and emergency service workers who are struggling with some kind of mental health in a negative light. We're still being painted in that negative light. Um, so just before I go forward with, with what kind of therapies I've been doing, I just do want to get on the same page as everyone and say, you know, like if, if, if you guys are talking to someone or if you need to talk to someone, if you haven't reached out and you feel like you need to, take that step, man, go for it. You probably won't regret it. I talk with someone once a week for a few hours and there's a lot of stuff I can get off my chest and I feel better leaving every appointment. Um, whether we stay on topic about trauma and about mental health or whether it's about family or other trials and tribulations, I've always walked out of my therapy sessions um, feeling better, feeling uplifted, um, and sometimes a sense of calm, just being able to get a bunch of stuff out. So there is a specific therapy that has been helping me a lot that if people aren't aware of it yet, um, or if people haven't tried it, maybe you can suggest it to your therapist. It's a form of kind of the flash therapy, um, not flash therapy, but a form of therapy that uh, is meant to bring you back to the scene or bring you back to an, an, uh, an incident. So it is working on single uh, event kind of incidents, EMDR. And uh, basically you have these two pulsating like probe things that you hold in, in each hand and they, they alternate um, their vibration. So it gets you into kind of a metronome state of mind. And then you talk through from start to finish a traumatic event. Um, with the fire department, I had been doing everything from, I've been to several plane crashes, boat crashes, car fires, structure fires, uh, MPCs of all sorts, motor vehicle collisions of all sorts. So everything was there, everything was present and being a local firefighter in a small town, yeah, it was only a matter of time before you run into someone you know. Uh, so I had the unfortunate uh, experience of putting someone that I grew up with in a body bag uh, on the side of a highway in my local town. And uh, there's also another stigma there that I think about, and it's not necessarily something that I think people do on purpose, but there's also, and because I came from both backgrounds, there's also a military versus emergency service stigma. And it's not something necessarily it's being pushed, but I think it's in the back of a lot of people's heads that, you know, oh, like I, if I didn't go to Afghanistan or if I didn't go and do something traumatic with the military, what's my trauma or what's my story? Um, and I'll say it right now, you know, shout out to the cops and the firefighters and the paramedics that are out there every single day putting their life on the line um, for, for Canadians, right? I mean, um, these guys are in the thick of it for their entire career from start to finish. Um, and that's not downplaying soldier service at all. 
you know, I, everyone knows that I come back from that background, you come from that background, but uh, it is to acknowledge and to say that, you know, firefighters, paramedics, and police are putting on that uniform every day and they're going to their deployment basically every single day and getting the worst of it. So, you know, there, there is a lot of conversation to be had. Um, some of the stuff I've done locally, I, I couldn't believe, just like I said, putting a, a guy in a body bag that I grew up with. Um, those are just things that uh, I can talk through in EMDR, um, but anyone with a trauma, traumatic experience knows that uh, you're gonna live with your trauma for the rest of your life, but it's just how you manage your trauma. And that's something also that I, I like touching on is don't let those things identify you. Um, and I, I relate that to a few things like your service, your service in the military, your service as a cop, your service as a firefighter. Don't let, don't let your service identify you on the way out. And what I mean by this is don't hold on to it. Don't be that guy. We all know that guy. <laughs> we all know that guy. That's like, oh man, back in, back in, you know, 2003, I, I was doing this and I was king shit. And my PWT three score was friggin' 739 because I'm the best. Right. And you're like, man, Take the good, move on, and be positive and, and move forward with that. Don't let your service identify you. Um, and same with your mental health. I am diagnosed PTSD. I'm diagnosed uh, depression and anxiety. Um, but I, I don't want those things to identify me. I don't want those things to be a forefront in my life that I have to make mass considerations for and about in order to just just live. So that's why I'm happy to go through therapy. Um, I'm happy to maintain therapy and continue to, to make my appointments and, and, and go to them because I've seen how helpful it is. So any, anyone out there, if, if you're considering it, if you haven't done it yet, if someone's said, hey man, maybe you should uh, go talk to someone. Maybe you should. Yeah. Um, just on that, just while we're just right literally on this topic here, um, I had a reframe about this exact thing on the last conversation ahead. So I just want to ask you, what about if we, what about if we reframe that? So instead of looking at a stigma and looking at say, going and looking at professional help is bad. What if we reframe it? Um, and there's another point here. I want to get to that directly right to it here shortly, but um, so you have these things happen. Obviously we grow up, we lead a fairly normal life. And then all of a sudden something truly horrible happens and it completely shatters our expectations of reality of the life we've known up until that point. It's not weakness. It's just we didn't know, but it's a very harsh, like I didn't know in a very painful kind of way. So um, you just need help understanding. And when you go and seek professional help, it's it's they take an, they can take an objective look. So you can sit here and you can explain what's going on. And while you know we may get upset about it or we may get you know drawn to it or whatever, and then we start to think about things on a certain way, they can sit back and they can objectively look at it. And so they don't have the blinders on. And so what the purpose there serves is they give us those tools to kind of help us look at it from a different path or whatever. Right. So I think it's very important to look at it that way as opposed to, yeah, the weakness and, and, and detrimental and uh, yeah, like definitely it's, it's just help. Right. Because, because that's really all it is. You just, you, we, we don't know everything. The world can be a very bad, horrible place. And sometimes we, well, every time we learn that lesson, we learn that lesson a hard way. And, mm -hmm. and, and it, it really fucks with your brain and um, that I want to just lead into because it, it kind of leads into the uh, military versus emergency services stigma as well. Um, so just kind of the things that I've been reading 
uh, about how the body responds to stress and, and just kind of being a lot more aware of my own things at work now. It seems like it's a, it's more of just a straight up chemical reaction. So for example, if we're sitting here talking and I say, you know what, John, fuck you, you know, and we're going to fucking go, but then we don't go. Right. But you know, you, you get the jitters, right. You get those jitters. Well, what that is, is the body's kicking in that little dribble of adrenaline and it's kicking in a, a mixture of um, other stuff, endorphins and dopamine, um, cortisol and some nor norepinephrine, right. It's, it's called a chemical cocktail. And anyways, so that's like, that's like taking the gas tank of your car and dumping a bunch of high octane race fuel booster in there. Right. And that's what it is because, because we're getting ready for the physical fight. And so if it doesn't happen though, that shit's built up in our system and it doesn't matter if, so if we have that fight there, or if we have like a physical fight, or if you have like, you know, uh, you get in a firefight, you, you're, it's all the same chemical. It's just the varying different degrees of doses. That, and that's the question I want to find out is depending on where your body is in your state of mind, if the, if the doses of those uh, five different chemicals are different or whatever, but it, it, it's that like, that's what our body injects into us. And so what happens is if we don't, if we don't burn that off and if we don't put those things to rest, those little things will trigger that and they'll trigger that dribble of that shit in our system every time. And after a while it adds up. So to say that one is, one is different than the other, you're absolutely right in that they're not. And the, the fight, the fight response is the same. And some of those guys they actually have it worse. Cause if you live in those shittier neighborhoods, if you're always on edge and you're dealing with the worst of the worst, you're getting a little bit of that dribble every fucking day. And if you don't do something about that, I mean, Oh man, that's going to add up pretty quick. Right. So um, yeah, that's just kind of what I took away from, from, uh, from just kind of my own self-reflection and a little bit of study and just having these conversations with people is, is it's chemical. And, and it, at the end of the day, it, it is all the same. It's just in varying degrees, depending on how horrible of a, of a thing that happens to you right at the time. Yeah, for sure. And I like what you said about the, uh, reframing the, the way we look at it. Um, and, and something I like about that is I've always thought about how much, sharper our edge could be or sharper our our warriors and our fighting force could be if imagine there there wasn't a stigma imagine there was some sort of just monthly um check in the box that wasn't necessarily a bullshit one that you know our military people are pretty used to that you know instead of seeing someone walk down that that hall to the door that they know is the mental health office what if instead of having that one person walk down to that that door every single person in your platoon or your company or your your fire platoon or your police platoon has to go into that same office at least once a month to do a check-in whether it's a check-in of a series of questions that are predetermined or a sit down with kind of a more in-depth hour-long or so session with a social worker I really think it could sharpen the edge of our fighting force um, if our folks had less to worry about on the home front, on their mental health side, and we could create a, a definitely a better deployed force force when the go, guys go overseas. Yeah, and I think uh, the biggest thing that I've been taking away lately with my own exploration with this is just balance. Like you got to have balance. Like everybody wants to chase that dragon of I want to be good at all the all the fighty stuff, but then we get we get too focused on that and that's the goal. Well, it's not the goal. What, what, what are we fighting for? Like, you know what I mean? I'm mm -hmm. fighting for my family. You're fighting for your family. So learning to fight is not the goal. It's, it's what are we standing up for? So in that aspect, we have to focus on balance too. And so not only just getting ourselves involved in that, but we gotta, we gotta realize what's important that way. The other good, the other thing I found too, that really helps is 
Um, I know we all used to, we used to joke about the, uh, the mandatory fun days. We used to have at work there, sports Thursdays and all that, but those are a really good thing. Um, especially like now we have a lot more leeway, obviously not being in the military, but doing other things, but get a group of your friends together and go out and do stuff. And then I find that way there it's you're showing, you're showing yourself that the world hasn't ended because if you just sit in the house all day with our own shitty fucking thoughts and perspectives of the world, based on what we've experienced, we don't get to see any of the good because we're just sitting there thinking, Oh, okay. Chicken little, the sky is fallen and everything's is gone. Well, it's not the case. And, and that's the biggest thing too, is it's, it's the getting back out into society and the isolation is a big one. And I've done that for a couple of years too. And, and you know what? I, as a couple of years of my life, I'll never get back. That could have been so much better and so much more eventful. Um, but just getting it with people. And then that's where those conversations start coming out. You know, Hey, uh, fuck, you know, this thing is bugging me. Do you ever get this thing, you know, going on or whatever? It, it literally is that simple. And, and you, you have to, you do have to build trust. So, so from a warrior mindset perspective, not only do you have to be really good at fighting, but you have to do things together that are kind of fun and competitive, or at least something where you all have to work together. And those conversations I find do come out. So these retreats that people put on and all those things, they do have a, an immense uh, amount of value, but the other thing is it, it's very important to do it with the people that you work with or people that you trust, I think is part of it. And then you kind of, it kind of levels the, the playing field out there a little bit. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, I think everyone's kind of itching for that sense of community, that sense of togetherness, um, maybe especially in post-service or veteran transition, right? Uh, I think a lot of guys go from having literally their best friends that they've been working for working with and living with 24 7 they go from that to maybe moving back to their hometown and not knowing people and they don't have that sense of community and that sense of togetherness anymore so that's why i mean unfortunately the world is in a covid state right now but fortunately it's really pushed the whole online uh, meeting presence and i i mean just the amount of stuff that i've been able to do uh, meetups and different team meetings and stuff like that. It's, I can, I can see the benefit. Um, it, it gives you that sense of togetherness. I mean, just, just like this conversation we're having right now. Right. Um, I had, I got to look forward to this for, for a few weeks and, and knew that we got, that we're getting to sit down and have a good, like long form version of a conversation. Right. So, uh, I think, yeah, I think you're right. Like I, it's kind of shitty right now, but hopefully we can get out and use our, our support groups, that we have yeah so we've got uh myself being in the military my one friend who's a paramedic a local paramedic uh one is heavy machine operator and the other is in the at the hotel industry the hotel and spa industry um so we all went to high school together but we all went in fairly different directions which we all knew we all knew we were going to be going in those directions but i've been fortunate enough that uh these three other guys have <laughs> stuck around in my life you know through all the ups and downs that i've had and this support group is something that I would use as an example for people if they are looking for something that they can have those conversations with people with and ask the hard questions or, or say the hard comments. Um, my, my friends in this, in this group know that I'm not going to give them any quarter. Like if they fuck up or if they say something stupid, I, I'm, I call them out on it, but we have adult conversations about it and we're all brothers at the end of the day we're, we're best friends and the amount of hard times now in the last you know we've we've known each other for two decades we've worked through everything with each other and 
none of us have broken up with each other yet. You know what I mean? So uh, I, I support it, man. Everyone needs a really good support group. And I know how fortunate I am to, to have these guys. I know how fortunate I am uh, to have guys that are willing and open to talk about mental health stuff and have some of their own stuff going on too that we can share. Um, so I think it is important to be able to find like-minded people. And that comes back to that, that sense of community uh, because that's really what community is. And again, that goes right back to the whole TCBG thing. Uh, I'm, I'm really pushing for a good, positive-minded community of people that want to support veterans, want to be good Canadians, and overall just, just want to work together to keep the, the forward, forward momentum positive. Yeah, no, I, uh, whenever I was skimming through your page there and looking at the directory, I think I have pretty much everybody on my, uh, on my social media, Instagram, at least for sure. And uh, yeah, definitely all a bunch of good dudes, very motivated. And that's the other thing too. I just want to touch on something as well. Um, you know, being brutally honest with each other, but we also have to be brutally honest with ourselves sometimes too. Like if we, if we, um, you know, if somebody gives us that look like we're stepping out of line or like, you know, if you do something and somebody kind of looks at you like, you know, they give you that look. Now, we can look at it two ways. You know, you can say, well, they, they don't know what the fuck they're talking about or whatever. And, it's not. And, it, and sometimes that's true. But at the same time, anytime it does happen, I now always ask myself, is it me that's the problem? Is there any fucking way that I actually was the problem? And a little bit of humility goes a long way there to be like, yeah, you know what? I was kind of boneheaded or I didn't realize this or I didn't realize that. Um, sometimes, you know, um, you put things out, especially on social media and somebody criticizes the fuck idea or whatever. And it's like, okay, well, let's take an objective look at this. Let's just kind of step back. And I think that's very important. It's also very, very hard to do, but I, it's like a muscle. The more you use it, the better you get at it. And I think it's definitely more productive and it really helps in not destroying the relationships you have. That's for sure. Um, yeah, so that's, I, I, step one, be be brutally honest with yourself. And then, yeah, you got to have a group hundred percent that you can do that with as well with each other. Somebody's got to tell you when you're getting at a line, it's just that simple. Right. And we all got to hold each other accountable. Unfortunately, you know, you're not going to run into many people like that. So you're right. You know, you got to really cherish and hang on to those people. Yeah, for sure. And I think you hit a pretty good point there with that whole like self-acknowledgement thing, which again, through therapy has been a really good tool um, for me to be able to, to, basically look in the mirror or look inside myself and be like, Hey man, what are you doing? You know, like, is it, are you fucked up or are they fucked up? And you know, if I find myself answering to myself, yeah, you're fucked up. Um, then I can either change my perspective on something or talk to someone and get a little bit more information to, to either change my perspective or keep my perspective. Um, and, and I think that, you know, it goes back to the whole, uh, talking about advice that we would either give ourselves our younger selves or advice that we would um, pass on to our kids or something right and a real quick and easy one that I think about probably almost daily now is that we have two ears two eyes one mouth mm -hmm. and I think it falls right in line with the uh, never trust the loudest guy in the room thing um, and, it, and and again I, I've been thinking about this probably probably every day now two eyes, two ears, one mouth. It, it, it's so simple, um, but it, it took me some thinking to actually acknowledge it, I think, and, and actually go, okay, you know what? I think I need to do more looking around. I think I need to do more listening. And before I speak, I'm gonna try to have more information 
about what I'm either speaking about or who I'm speaking to um, and try not to have any emotion attached to that. Um, I mean, that's, it's not always a factor, but if it is, you know, try not to have emotion attached to, to those kinds of conversations. Yeah, no, for sure. And I can say that coming from being the, the loudest mouthpiece in the room, for sure. Uh, mine is just more, <laughs> mine is more though, not, I just want to help people and I kind of want to get it out there because I just want to see people uh, do good and do better. That doesn't always come across that way, but you know what, you're right. And and now I kind of really look at, um, look at it this way too. It's the same thing what you said, but I just framed it a bit different. Um, I already know what I'm going to know. I already know what I know and I don't learn anything else from talking out of my own fucking mouth. So yeah, like what can I learn from you kind of deal, right? And, and you know, you hit it bang on, right? And just if you're unsure what somebody's saying, just ask them or prompt them and then you'll learn even more. It's definitely from a curiosity point of view, for sure. Yeah, and it's almost like, uh, I don't know, I, I've almost taken a stance of uh, curiosity, you know, like, well, what, what is your story? Or what, what is happening? What, what do you have to say? Like, is, am I going to have something that's just like a super interesting fact after talking to you? Or am I going to learn something that I didn't know before? Now I know a super cool thing that I can go on and pass on to someone else. You know, it, it, the opportunities are really endless if, if we just let them go. So now I got a question for you about curiosity, because curiosity was another big topic that come up as well. So obviously whatever, whatever way we swing the pendulum. So whatever our thoughts are, that's the way that pendulum is going to swing. Once that inertia starts, it's very hard to get it on um, a different train of thought. It's not impossible, but it is very hard. So I find if you're curious, it puts you in a better mindset because then you, you're more compelled to want to know, you're more compelled to want to find things out. And when you're doing that, you're, you're thinking less about the negative shitty things. And I found sometimes even just by doing that, I found the answers over here in some weird fucking unexpected place that I ended up on that helped me with, you know, this negative thing over here. Have you, have you delved into it far enough where you're starting to get a little bit of that yet? Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I think, I, I think I know what you're talking about. Um, and just being, yeah, especially, the thought patterns and you know getting onto a thought pattern i i agree it is it can be super difficult to redirect your thoughts into a positive uh, thought train or some positive self-talk um i am the worst at that <laughs> i can like shoot myself down and jack myself up and, and and point the knife hand at myself all day long um i i intentionally have to switch it off and then switch that kind of energy into something more positive and something that's going to give me some forward momentum. So yeah, no, I, I totally agree. Um, and I think just being present, um, curiosity for sure. I, I think curiosity almost brings a, a lighter attitude. Um, a little, maybe if, if I can even say like something almost more bubbly because you're, you're like, oh, oh, yeah, like, wh what's that? What's that? You know, like, your, your voice raises up when you're curious, you're, you're more interested in what's going on around you or, or the conversation you're having with someone. So I, I do think, yeah, if, if and that's, it goes back to the, you know, open your ears, like, just, just listen, um, be present in those conversations. That's something that I've really, really been working on in the last few years, and more uh, specifically in the last year is being present and not letting, trying not to let those intrusive thoughts of any kind, whether they're traumatic or whether it's just planning my day for tomorrow, um, letting those intrusive thoughts take over and just trying to stay in the moment and in the, in the conversation. And something that I've, I've liked about that, and again, going back to therapy, is grounding. Um, now this can feel pretty, pretty hippie-like, not gonna lie, um, but I, I do like the concept of it. Um, so it, for those that aren't familiar, uh, 
if you're feeling like your thoughts are rushing away from you, you're, you're struggling at being present, you're forgetting what conversation you're having in front of you, um, just try to use your senses. Uh, I remember I was struggling last summer and we were going like 50 or 60 kilometers an hour on Georgian Bay in a boat uh, on the open water. And, and I caught myself, I, I gave my head a shake I was like, what are you thinking about, man? Look, look at look at where you're at. You know, you're you're on the water right now, cruising in a sea doo boat at like 50, 60 clicks. And so, you know, I just I felt the vibrations of the boat through my body, felt the wind going through my hair and on my face, and I just lit up. You know, I just had this big smile and uh, and it brought me right back. I was like, all my thoughts are gone. I was looking at the water, looking at the trees, the sun, my best friends in this boat with me, and uh, and and being present brought me out of a negative thought pattern. So yeah, curiosity, be present, uh, just be able to listen to other conversation and you might not be in your own head as much. Yeah. And there's also a nice little hidden perk in there too, is, um, when you put yourself in those types of mindsets, if the thing comes back, then later on, you're in a better headspace to at least confront it, or you might at least have a different perspective from with which to rationalize it from. Right. And, uh, that I really like that grounding thing. Um, they do that with kids a lot too. When kids are stressed, I was reading that in that one part of my book there. Um, definitely not a hipster thing. That's uh, it's a very good thing to be, you know, right there in the moment. And I think we all have to find ways to be uh, doing more of that, especially with so many distractions in the electronic world. And I mean, and here's the other thing as well now too, you know, so not only, not only are we dealing with problems like that at the best of times now, we can't, I don't know what it's like out, out your way, but we can't really go anywhere. We can't do a whole pile. So it's like, you're even restricted. It's like, you don't even have the option to go and, and uh, you know, forget about things for a while or do something fun where you're literally stuck with yourself in your house and then, you know, your, your family. Right. So how do you make the best of that? We have to, we have to adapt. And so, yeah, like having talks like this, or like, I know for me, I've done a very uh, unhealthy, gross disproportionate amount of reading this year. I've read, <laughs> I've read way more this year than, than I have ever. And, and, but that's, it's been really good because it's been really helpful. And, and I've really upgraded a lot of philosophies on things and it has helped me. I thought I was doing, uh, I thought I was doing okay before, but I think I'm doing uh, quite a bit better now just from taking the time to do that and and you know I'm out here in my we'll call it the man cave which is the garage and I come out here and you know I pretty near kill myself for an hour at a time almost, I try and get out every day sometimes I, I just don't make it but I try my best to come out and pretty much kill myself and I mean that's uh that's all part of it too right staying healthy um staying healthy physically and because I mean I caught I caught the COVID uh the first week of February so oh, yeah. So, I mean, definitely being in, in a condition to, to fight a respiratory illness off, that helps. And, and if you guys want to check it out too, this is a little bit of a shameless plug here, but I did throw a YouTube video up there of uh, exercise in eight or nine days into having a respiratory illness, just to kind of show you that, you know, just because just because someone tells you what an experience may be, the experiences uh, vary between people. So don't, you know, take it for what it is. And, you know, it is what it is. I mean, I, I definitely showed what it is. And, and for me, I, I guess I'm lucky. Um, but yeah, just finding things, yeah, finding ways to keep yourself busy and keep yourself occupied, but you don't want to use those things as a distraction. That's the key point here. Um, anytime you're using those things to change your mindset, you want to, that's when you want to come back and confront those things that were bugging you before, because that's where you're going to make your progress. I feel with that. I know for me, myself personally, that's what I do is, you know, you go and do whatever for the day. And then at the end of the day, uh, just sit quietly and kind of think about, uh, 
just think about things and, but really think about things like not just to sit there and feel the thing emotionally, but just think about it and, and, and pick it all apart and say, well, you know, okay. is Well, I'm not going to go there because everybody's experience is different, but you know what I mean? Like just try and make sense of it, take it apart and look at it. Right. Yeah, definitely. Um, and just, just to go back to your other point there, I think fitness, and I think a lot of people are learning now that having a decent level of fitness can go a very long way in your life and help protect you and keep you healthy when you get things like coronavirus. Because obviously, you're a, you know, a walking, talking testament of uh, a garlic clove eating <laughs> corona patient, right? <laughs> you definitely find out who your friends are. I'll tell you that when you eat those things, because that stink comes out of you for two fucking days and you... People let you know real quick. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. I got a good kick out of that video, man. That was a good one. Um, but more importantly, so so bringing it back again to the um, to the resilience part of it, though, too. So it, it goes back to uh, this is the analogy I like to use is is the car analogy because everybody understands cars, so it's very easy. So if you have like a if you got an everyday uh, beater car, like just a family car you drive around, you ain't taking that thing off roading and you ain't putting that thing in no races. But what if you had no choice? What if that's the only way that you can get from point A to point B without dying is to go through that shitty terrain or that shitty race. So what's going to happen then is you're going to take that car and you're going to, you're going to overexert that motor all the fucking, eventually that engine's going to blow itself up. Right. Um, when you add the extra stress and stress is the pivot word I like to use on that. Um, so what you do is, you know, you, you install that supercharger, you install that intercooler, you, you reinforce all the engine, and then you can take that thing and then you can go pretty much wherever in the hell you want with it and you're going to be all right. So the analogy there obviously is if you have a very weak body, um, you're not building any resilience because some of those, especially high intensity exercises, like you, you, you sit down, you do a set of hundred burpees after 20, it doesn't matter what kind of shape you're in. They're fucking horrible. It's the last 80 are all, it's all in your head. Yeah. Um, so you build those attributes there, but more importantly, back to what I said earlier about the stress being a biochemical change, right? Where you get that, that rush of that chemical, that's the high, that's the high octane race fuel. If you put that in that beater car, you're going to blow that engine. But if you put that in there with something that's properly prepped and ready to go, you're going to be okay. Right. So, you know, what do you, what do you want to do? Do you want to be that ticking time bomb or do you want to, and, and that's the thing is we all have that choice too. And for people to say, well, I got no time or whatever, that's, that's a bunch of bullshit too, because there's, there's very, there's very easy, but very hard exercises, And only, you only have to do them, you know, every other day. And that's probably going to be enough. If you can hit all your body, like just a circuit or whatever and body weight stuff. Whenever I first started this, it cost me 20 bucks. I bought two sets of puzzle mats from Walmart and I was doing push-ups and squats and sit-ups, but I did them all in a circuit. I made it very shitty and I, I did it continuously and it was horrible, but I did that for six months before I first started committing. Cause that's the other thing. People will be like, well, I'll buy this $3,000 piece of equipment and that'll be the incentive to use it. Well, in a month they're, they're hanging clothes off. No, it's not how it works. You have to, you have to build a mindset. So start small, make it easy because it is a change. We're very resistant to change. I find. And that's why I think sometimes we take on so much though, too, before we realize, okay, yeah, I, I need help here. Um, it's because we let it build up and build up. And finally it's like, okay, I'm really in a not fucking good place here. Like I, I need to do something about this. Right. Um, so that kind of keeps us out of that boat as well. You're better able to kind of handle that stress and, and the, the active exercise as well just changes your chemical state of your mind as well. So again, that comes back down to uh, being able to rationalize and think about things. Right. The easiest thing is, is to go walking because walking from what I've read in a couple of different places, it doesn't exert the stress hormones like exercise does, but it kicks the dopamine out, which is the thing that relaxes you. And like a lot of the, um, 
a lot of the greatest minds, I guess, in the early Renaissance ages and all that, they they went walking every day. Some of the guys with the best ideas and some of the biggest contributions from that age. So th- there is something to it. There's a there's a shit pile of evidence. And please fact check. You guys are listening. Fact check all this, please. If there's something wrong, for sure, let me know. I'm just going by, like I said, things I've read here and there and just kind of playing around with my own stuff. So, you know, if I'm wrong, for sure, let me know because we don't want to be giving out any misinformation here. Um, but yeah. You want to build out, you build up the resilience every way you can possible, right? Learn more, learn more about the human mind and how it reacts to things and how it reacts to stress. But and it, it's not exclusive, mutually exclusive of the body either. Like those things are all tied together. It's like a big, huge puzzle. And that's the other thing too, getting back into curiosity. I went down this path from like, I was learning like kind of self-defense stuff just from where I work. And and all of a sudden I just was starting to read this behavioral stuff and it never clued to me. And I was like, Oh, that's very interesting. And, learning about predators and, 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 and how they kind of, they, their mind works and how they try and get you. But then it's like, well, this is how normal minds work. And it's like, Hey, I can use this to kind of help me with my stress. This is fucking great. And then <laughs> you can literally read it. And, and even if it's wrong, you've tried it and you know, it doesn't work or you know what, Hey, I've read this and it, it works. It's great. Um, yeah. So curiosity is huge, huge, huge. Um, and that's another thing I want to really reinforce too, is it's not the stigma of weakness, it's just you don't know so that's how we fix that is with curiosity i think to a to a degree not to a degree you know what i mean like that's how we kind of help ourselves along and that's the thing too there's no there is no fix there is no cure uh for these things because all all it is is just a change it's a change in our expectations and it's and it's and a change in how we understand and perceive the world so it's not wrong it's not broken and that's what really bugs me about uh what you're saying about painting the veterans in a negative light. I mean, you, you throw somebody in a war zone where there's no, there's zero regard for human life from some of the people you meet. And it's, you, you see that you see some of the horrible atrocities. Um, you're in a different environment. It's very different from what we've grown up in all our lives. And it's just like, bam, okay, here's the big shock in you go. And when you come back, we expect you to be just like normal, like nothing happened. No wrong. We're going to have a different view of the world. It's not going to line up with, with other people's but that that's okay as well we just have to understand that we have to have a bit of a balance though too and and that's the biggest thing is you go to a traumatic environment it's very hard because you get the emotional blinders on there and it really is hard to kind of come back into like the normal i'm using my air quotes here for people listening the normal society because now you understand more about the world and it's not it doesn't line up with this more secure world that most of us grown up in. There's some very dangerous, ugly, nasty people out there. And to paint dudes in a negative light and saying, you know, they're borderline monsters and stuff. That's, that's wrong. It, it's wrong. We just, I think it's, we just need more understanding is what it is. Um, I think the information has come an awful long way in the last while, uh, especially in the last, I don't know, 10 years, especially. Uh, people are able to to figure it out a lot better anyways but yeah no that's that's wrong that's that's a bunch of bullshit yeah no definitely and i mean a small example of that that i think everyone has probably heard or can can maybe not relate to but they, they've definitely heard is the veteran home from a war zone driving in his hometown sees a pile of garbage or a garbage bag on the side of the road and goes into a you know a traumatic episode or a mental health episode because that garbage bag brings him back to an IED that was on the side of the road that either exploded near them, uh, exploded 
near their friends or near a, a friendly patrol, right? And that goes right into the uh, chemical reactions and why it is good to, like all of our conversations come to, uh, come to a point here because the whole being present, the whole curiosity and the, the positivity, changing the way we think, being able to redirect our negative thoughts um, and even the fitness level all comes into play with these examples because if we're getting that stress reaction and or if there's a veteran or a police officer or a firefighter that's having a mental health episode because of this like a chemical reaction that is going on in the brain and bringing them back where they're literally seeing and hearing different things that you're not hearing um, it can obviously be concerning but these are all things to to remember for either families or friends dealing with those people or those people that are dealing with it themselves um, just remember that you know you can redirect those thought processes maybe not the first time but it's going to be something that you can and will work on being present and just acknowledging and knowing where you are goes right into that grounding factor um, you know just remember that you're not you're not back at that that traumatic event whether it was something that you did as a firefighter or as a soldier overseas um, just find ways have mechanisms in place that you can use and go to when you are having a, an episode of some sort and this in all in itself you know will help the stigma it helps the optics from the outside um, because they're part of the stigma also is, is helpless helplessness um, a, a lot of people have either painted themselves or have been painted with that brush of oh i have mental health and whatever i do is it's not my fault i'm not responsible for my actions and you know the list can go on but again that goes right back to that stigma word redirect that use your positive energy to flow forward rather than just grieving and staying on this this subject and i'm saying that as someone that knows how hard it is to redirect negative thought patterns or intrusive thoughts um, i can sit there for for hours in the night awake in bed with a way without a way to get these thoughts out of my head um, but again back to the sense of community if we're all doing this together and we're all working at it together and going in the same direction and having the conversations, then at least it's something that we know that we don't have to hide um, in our closets or in our basements or whatever, that we can openly talk about. It's just like a broken arm. Um, you know, you'd be a friggin' idiot and all your friends would call you dumb if you didn't go to the hospital if you broke your arm. Um, I think everyone can agree with that. So the brain is literally attached to your body. People talk about mental health as if it's like this extra thing that we carry around in a, in a purse or something but your mental health is literally your physical health. Your mental health affects your physical health. Your mental health is your physical health. So, I mean, you're, you're, it's your brain. I, I don't understand why there's been such a divide in conversation and why there's been people that have had such a hard time understanding that mental health exists because I, what, what's the, again, you can fact check me on this anyone, but we know more about the surface of the moon than we do of the inner workings of the brain. And I'm pretty sure that's a fact. Um, again, fact check me people, you can throw a, a nasty DM in my uh, in my inbox if I'm wrong, but um, 
we know more about, you know, the moon, the surface of the moon than we know about the inner workings of the brain. And I think that goes to say a lot. Um, we're not going to have answers for everyone. You're going to have to work on it on an individual level. And there's going to be things that can be applied to everyone that you might have to shift and manipulate for yourself to work for yourself because a blanket answer might just piss you off. Um, if you're in a, in some kind of maybe a, a talk therapy with a group um, sitting in a circle or, or in some kind of uh, organization, it might piss you off. If someone gives you a blanket answer being like, yep, this is how you fix it. And you're like, you're an idiot. That's not how, that's not going to fix me. And that's not going to work for me, but maybe take some of that advice and not be so negative about it and not think that you have all the answers because you're not a professional. Take some of that advice and try to roll with it and manipulate it into a positive for yourself or manipulate it into something that can work for you, that can work for your mental health and that can get you on that road to recovery and get your physical health back up to par. Because like I said, for anyone that forgot the brain and your mental health is part of your physical health. Everything's connected. No, absolutely. Uh, there's just one thing I wanted to throw at here, a concept I was thinking of just as you were talking. So as soon as you mentioned, so the, the big thing is, the, there's a couple of big things is how do we normalize the description of this for someone else who, who has no idea so they can understand us better? And the other thing is how do we, how do we help ourselves? So the, what I was thinking about whenever you're, call, when you're talking here, so roadside bomb. You know, the clutter on the side of the road, that's bad because we've had that experience. So what happens is, what happens there is we, we remember how we felt. So, so you see the clutter of garbage, oh God, clutter of garbage blows up, causes bad things. You remember that, right? And that's a visual, that's a visual cue because that's, that's what our body does. Eh? Like that limbic system uh, operates on the cue, scent and smell and hearing to trigger these things because it's always going to remember how something made you feel. So the way I would relate it to this, okay, so when you were a kid, did you ever touch a hot burner in a stove? Yeah, no, I burnt myself a few times. I think sure. we all did. So, so now, so, okay. So now here's the thing though, right? Fucking now, if I told you, John, go, go touch the burner in a stove, even if that burner's turned off, are you going to touch that burner? It's not likely. And why? Because you fucking know. Because you burned yourself because that <laughs> caused you pain. So, so now let's take that. And that's what it is. That's what I, that's what I've really come to understand with that. And that's really helped me an awful lot. And like I said, this is not professional. This is just me being sick of my own fucking shit of, of suffering here by myself and, and not being able to understand. I finally figured out enough that those kinds of things that I made work for me is how do we react to things in the environment and how do we respond to them? And I think if we, if we take it at that most basic form, at least gives us a kind of a set of building blocks. So like I said, if my things are different than your things, at least we can, at least that's somewhere to start. And then that's where the curiosity now drives from is okay. So what triggers me? What, what actually makes me upset? Is it the sight? Is it the smell? Is it the sound? Okay. So what is it? Okay. Is this the same experience now? Now I can kind of take a second and you know how everybody says, okay, stop and take a deep breath. That is so, so easy to say. and so hard to do, but I think like you were saying, the brain is the key. So you have to, first of all, you got to be able to take the shock of the trigger. So that comes from, you know, just being in the state of fitness. And then the second part of it is just slowing everything down. Okay. There's nothing actually bad happening right now. So then that's how I think we slowly rewire our brain not to get so excited about that. That's the only thing that I've found anyways, for me, that works. I'm not sure if that makes any sense or not, but at the very basic thing, that's all it is, is the thing. And then how we react to it. 
Um, yeah, for sure, for sure. You know, and and explain that explain that hot burner thing because every human being on the planet that has a oven has touched that hot burner and they'll never touch it again for that reason. And like I said, tell, yeah, tell them to touch it when it's off and be like, oh, that's stupid. And why would they? Because you're going to get that apprehension even if it's turned off. Right? And you, you know what? And even if you do it, you might get a response to it. Like you might get sweaty palms. You might feel right. a little uneasy about it. You're still going to get that response because your body, you're, you're, do, you're fighting a, a, like that sense in your body when, when you go and do that. Yeah, that's right. So then you, but then if you actually want to touch it at the first couple of times, you have to tell yourself, okay, stupid, the burner's off. The burner's been off for hours. Okay, look, I can touch it now, right? Uh, don't touch the burners on the stove. Anybody's listening, I don't advocate that. I just, I'm using it as the example, though, um, of how things get hardwired in because anything that causes pain, anything that causes um, any kind of an undesired result like that, we're going to take it in either visually or audio, audio or scent wise, and that's what's going to cause those triggers. So I really, I really feel for myself that's helped me a lot over the last few years, especially as, as soon as I know, as soon as you get that tingle too, you know, and that's what I'm saying. When you get that, that, that little dribble of adrenaline or whatever, it's just, okay, why the hell am I getting that? Especially if like, you know, nothing is bad is going on. It's like, take a look around what's causing that. And then you can kind of figure it out, but you really have to consciously pump the brakes. Like you can't just say it and be like, Oh yeah, I'll get this figured out. No, it doesn't work like that. You'll trigger every time and you'll blow a gasket or you'll get whatever cause every time it's just to know what it is and then to, to slow down yeah for sure and i mean if nothing else you know if if you don't want to do it for you at least do it for the people around you you know seek help for the people around you because um from the outside looking in right you, you can't go the rest of your life feeling like this every time you have some sort of trigger to a traumatic event um, it does affect the people around you um they might not necessarily understand. They might want to understand, but they might not. They might not be able to ask you properly. They might have done their uh, amount of research online and tried to look into things, or maybe even done a course on dealing with trauma in a family setting. But at the end of the day, just remember, you know, if you're getting into these episodes, that is having an effect on your family life, your friend life, and obviously encompassing your personal life. So if for nothing else, for the relationships that you sustain, go talk to someone because it can promote and really enhance your relationships with your friends, with your family, um, with your loved ones. If you go and do those things and you work on you, because you're going to find out more than what you went in for. I've definitely talked about things in therapy now that I was not expecting to go in and, and talk about that day and left feeling like I had a weight off my shoulders because I didn't even know that I was going in there to talk about that thing. Um, so it's always, you know, shining that, shining that stone, right? Just continue to be positive and, and move forward with that. And when I say this, guys, man, there, there's days in a row where I can go without feeling positive. Um, I, I feel like when I sit here and, and, and preach, preach and talk like this, that it, it sounds like I've got it all figured out, but uh, trust me, I'm still working on it too. Uh, every day is a different day. Some days are a challenge, some days are fucking awesome. And luckily this sense of community through TCBG and through different uh, veterans groups, it's been awesome for at least uh, different purposes, waking up and, and, and feeling different purposes, knowing that uh, I get to talk to you today or knowing that I get to go on and talk to 
Chris from Veteran Welding a few weeks ago and uh, or know that I, you know, have a video call with someone else. It's awesome. And it's all motivation and reason for you to get up and not necessarily put that mental health stuff aside, but not focus on it for as long as you normally do. Uh, I'm finding that there's more things I'm becoming passionate about now, like real passion, not like a forced passion. There's more things I'm becoming passionate about now that I'm spending way less time thinking about or dwelling on negative thoughts and negative self-talk and negative memories. Uh, I'm not spending time on a trigger or on a, uh, a traumatic event when I know I have to go and have a conversation or that, you know, Sydney Weaver and I are packing 10 care pack packages for deployed members. Um, there, there's things that I get to focus on now that aren't necessarily distractions to take away from my mental health. Uh, I'm not boxing it up and compartmentalizing and, and pushing it aside, um, but I am having something that I can focus on that I'm passionate about that's, that's bringing me higher up personally. Um, I don't know if anyone can see that from, from the outside looking in, but it's something that I can definitely self-acknowledge that having a passion can definitely drive you in a more positive direction, even if you aren't the most positive person. Yeah, and that comes back around uh, full circle again to what we talked about whenever um, whenever you said you get out and I used to be this and I used to do that and I used to shoot this and that or whatever thing, that was your purpose then, but you know, what is our purpose now? Like, what, what are we still gonna do? Cause we need a reason to get up at a bit every morning, right? Like it's not, the reason to get up at a bit is not to think about how shitty things were. I mean, we, yeah. we, it's, it's good to understand them um, and, and, you know, try and figure them out. But at the same time, we got to have a reason to get up and keep going. We got people that either depend on us or the other thing too, is you never know who you're helping. Like, and yeah, like even some of my posts I put up there, some of those, some days are for me. Cause I need that. Like, and that's my own, that's my own look at the, you know, peeling the layers off the self-awareness onion saying, you know, okay, this is a bunch of shit or whatever. And this is what I actually need to tell myself. Um, but yeah. And, and like, you start doing stuff like that and you start getting the messages come in, you know, you know, I really like your stuff or, or, you know, thanks. You really motivated me today. And and for someone to write that, I'm not really sure what it feels like to, to them or whatever, but like to get that, it's like, it's, it's huge because it's like, okay, I've fulfilled my purpose now. Right. Like I've helped another human being out because that's what we joined the military for is in service to others. So if we can do that, then that's great. And like, like you're saying, even just having this talk here, this talk right here, regardless of what it's about, it brings instant value to the community as well, because it's like, Hey, we aren't alone. We can sit here. We can shoot the shit. We can talk about whatever the hell we want. Sometimes it's serious and sometimes it's, it's funny or whatever, but we're, we're bringing value. Right. Um, and we're showing people that just because you're not doing one thing no more, doesn't mean that you should sit there and say, yeah, you know, dwell on it. It's like, okay, what can I do now? That's just, all that is is knowledge that you gain, we gain in the past to build ourselves to where we are now so how can we take that knowledge now and furthermore be in service to others while adding on new layers and that's again where that curiosity thing comes from too right and i just wanted to uh just wanted to kind of point that out too um what you're saying when you went to get help it's like you're not you're not getting help you just didn't know some answers and you're just looking for more knowledge why can we even frame it like that right because that's literally what we are going in to do we just we don't know and we need help we need someone who has better knowledge on the subject yeah, man. And like talking about it, right. Um, on a personal level, I want to talk about it and be open about it. I've tried to be an open book for, for years now. 
um, in order to promote other people to talk about it and get supported. And then professionally with the business side of things, I want to use that as proof to people that are transitioning out of the military that there is positive shit on the other side and that there is community within veterans. There is something that you can do post-military service and all of the businesses that are in the directory for the, those of you who haven't checked out tcbg.ca yet, click on the veteran business directory and just do a quick scroll through those, um, through those businesses. And if you don't get motivated through that alone, um, I mean, maybe click on some and, and do some burpees or something like that. But all of those businesses are proof that we can succeed post-service. They're proof that there's positivity and there's proof that there is meaningful work that our skills and that our past experiences can be applied to. So yeah, like I said, personally, I'll keep talking about mental health stuff, um, keep being an open book about it and just keep having conversations. And then professionally with TCBG, you know, that directory is a list of proof and that that's all right it's it's a list of proof that if those 300 other people and, and that's not even all like I, i've got a fraction of the cap veteran owned businesses right now but that's proof that you know if you're still in the military you've been dancing on the idea of getting out or even dancing on the idea of of starting that business in your garage or in your basement pull the trigger man like time is the only factor and the sooner you start the sooner you're gonna have that forward momentum in order to someday get yourself out of the situation that you're in now that you're maybe dreading if you're dreading going to work every day man that's not a that's not a good time um i've definitely been there i think most people have been there uh dreading going to work whether it's a phase that you're in or not you don't want to be in that so if you can build something that you're passionate about that you can be an entrepreneur in then that's something that I suggest to everyone. Um, it might not turn into something that is full-time work for you that you can solely rely on, but it might turn into a really solid hobby, if nothing else. And uh, maybe a, a solid hobby that even brings you inside cash still. But if nothing else, you will have a new hobby that you are super passionate about because you chose it and no one told you to go do it. And now you're like deep diving into that and it might have monetary gain for you too so stick at it i think there's a lot of proof on that directory page that you can do it you can succeed in your post-service entrepreneurship and i think there's some really really positive lights to be looked at there absolutely um and that's a great uh, that's a great uh, note to end on i think here so john You've obviously uh, told us a great deal about the um, your website there. How do we find you? What what um, what uh, social media are you on with this thing? Okay, so just with uh, tactical underscore Canuck underscore battle underscore group, you can find me on Facebook and Instagram. Um, I don't have TikTok or Twitter or any of those other god awful mechanisms <laughs> of media. I want to but, see you dancing in a plaid though on TikTok. Come on, man. Hey, Let's get it. <laughs> maybe I'll throw up a live a live video on Instagram and, and I'll do some uh, some plaid some plaid dancing. I don't know. But uh, someone after my last live video, someone sent me a a suit. Like they sent me a link to a full plaid tuxedo suit. And they're like, you should wear this for your next live video. And I was like, you know what, man? <laughs> it's not a bad idea. Uh, yeah, man. Sure. So yeah, you guys, uh, everyone can check out tcbg.ca. 
Um, like I said earlier, the website's in a pretty junior state right now. Um, I've got a, another reservist that's helping me out on the website, uh, on the store side of things and really refining the directory. Um, so that's welcome to help because like a lot of us, I am terrible at asking for help or even acknowledging when I need help. Yes, so that's the was, same as me as well. <laughs> yeah, it was very welcomed when uh, when he when he came on board to give me a hand. So uh, stay tuned, everyone. Uh, the website's only going to be growing. There's going to be TCBG apparel on there. And I'm going to be recording the uh, first episode of the TCBG podcast to simply highlight veteran business owners on the show uh so that's going to be coming out soon so just stay tuned everyone yeah there's some really good things coming down the pipeline you're a really busy guy too so if you guys i'm pretty sure everybody on on my account is following you and if not you guys got to follow him he's a really busy guy here and he's got a lot of stuff he puts out and he promotes everybody so if you're a veteran business and you don't know who tactical Canuck battle group is yet get over there and let him know you exist and he'll definitely get you out for sure all right. Well, that was an outstanding chat, uh, John. Thank you so much for the sharing and perspective. Uh, there's a lot of really, really good nuggets dropped in this one here. Uh, I really look forward to seeing what you're coming up with here on the short order, and I'm definitely looking forward to listening to your podcast. Thanks for having me on, man. Can't uh, can't thank you enough. I really appreciate it. And to all the followers and listeners, thank you guys. Thanks for listening, and thanks for uh, tuning in. All right, that wraps up another episode of Trial and Triumph. If you enjoyed this show and you'd like to hear more, uh, check out the rest of the podcast episodes at gobadger.co. As well, uh, check out the merchandise. If there's anything here you like, uh, feel free to pick something up. And most importantly, if you enjoyed this episode or found something that you could use from it, uh, let me know. And I'll let the guests know that they, in turn, have helped someone out with this talk. We will see you guys again next time.